You special. Your mama's a no-account fool. Daddy, too. But you ain't gonna be. One day, everybody gonna know your name. James, man. So you want to be a singer? Oh, no, sir. What I really want to be? Mechanic. All right, everybody, welcome to the Spicy Boys Movie Pod, a podcast where spicy boys have spicy takes about spicy movies. I'm your host, Alex Copeland. And uh, this week, this is kind of a sad week, you know, 2020 was a really shitty year. Uh, There, I said it, 2020, shitty year. Totally original take. Um, If you don't believe me, uh, you're either... You're either lying to me, or you're from the future where there was a year where nuclear winter took took over the globe and killed half of the world's population, and civilization had to begin again and build a newer, greater civilization. But that hasn't happened yet. So 2020, still super shitty year. Um... One of the moments that I think really crystallized the shittiness of the year was when we lost one of the young rising stars of the acting world, Chadwick Boseman. He had already become one of the biggest African-American actors uh, by starring in several biopics. He was Jackie Robinson, he was Thurgood Marshall, and in this week's movie... He was James Brown. And he then rose to the level of, I think, a full-blown icon by embodying the comic book hero Black Panther, thus inspiring an entire generation, showing them, showing young kids, that people like them, like African-American kids, you know, people that weren't, lame-ass white people um, could become, could be superheroes. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons Black Panther was such an important character and why it was such an insane success. Um, But Chadwick Boseman really, you know, he really embodied that. And um, after secretly battling colon cancer, Bozeman passed away in, you know, extinguishing this star long before he really had time to, like, fully develop. You know, he had only been making movies since the mid-2000s, and he was in TV, a lot of TV. But you could tell this this guy had... Like an like an insane talent and an insanely bright future ahead of him, but sadly, you know, we lost him. And I think uh, that's kind of you know, in a way that I think that's kind of a crystallization of twenty twenty. He could, he, you know, it kind of extinguished a lot of what we thought you know, could be in a lot of ways. 
and um, so we we wanted as a podcast to pay tribute to Bozeman's short yet indelible career that he left us by focusing on a movie. And the wheel spun and it spun and uh, landed on Get On Up, uh, James Brown, get getting funky. Um, James Brown biopic, uh, you'll hear us talk about it. It's really great, really fun. I always say that. I always say really fun, really fun. He's you know, but it's I, I really like a you know a play on the biopic. It makes it interesting. You know, it's not just. Oh, you do this, and then this, and then this. They they do play around with it, um, and I I quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I honestly thought I would. But um, of course, Bozeman is fantastic in it. Uh, he, you know, he's he is James Brown. Um, I don't know what else there is to say. That's the best you can do in a biopic. Um, so without further ado, the Spicy Boys talking about. Get on up. Really in a really interesting filmography. Uh, a lot of it is biopics uh, of influential, famous black figures, and then in a weird way, like T'Challa from Black Panther has been immortalized in pop culture as a like a seminal black superhero, mythical figure, and deservedly so. So uh, it's been, it was interesting for us to go back to Get On Up, which is considered maybe one of the best biopics that he did, 
this is a crazy thing to say that you're an actor you've done multiple biopics but uh i was glad that we chose this one to go for so maybe before we begin let's talk a little bit about our relationship to biopics here biopics biopics by poc that's different actually so i think like especially now um biopics have entered such a like formulaic like oscar Beatty like formula that like oh they're making this biopic so this actor can have a like a stellar performance and like get his oscar that's always kind of whenever i see a new biopic come out that's always like the vibe i get from them and so a lot of them i really don't like um uh for instance uh bohemian <laughs> rhapsody as i talked talked the, previously the famous one um but uh but when uh biopics either play with or like subvert that formula i think they're really interesting and really good and um this the get on up is definitely like up there get on up there with uh some of my my favorite ones i've seen uh being love and mercy is probably my favorite one at least recently that i've seen um that's that one's mm-hmm. up there with like favorite movies all time uh, and this one's like fighting it's like you know spitting distance at least you know I, I I liked Get On Up way, way, way more than I thought I would going into it. Because, again, I thought it was going to be like, oh, he's, you know, it's going to kind of follow the biopic formula. There's, like, you know, abusive childhood leads to creative escape and creative genius. And then the fame catches up with him at some point, blah, blah, blah. Which... I guess you could kind of say happened in this movie, but I think it was done in a really, really interesting way. And um, I think it was really, really well done. Uh, Chadwick Boseman is like, it's like unreal and how good he is playing oh, James my. Brown. Like that, that was insane. Like, like how good he was, but um, yeah. What uh, Charlie, how do you feel about, about biopics? I like biopics. I think that they're definitely Oscar bait, but I like bi- I like biopics. I don't really care, honestly. I mean, Oscar bait, whatever. I mean, if it's good, it's good. I mean, one of I mean, <clears throat> one of the most. I mean, Goodfellas is a biopic. People love Goodfellas. Uh, <laughs> a lot of Scorsese I mean, movies are biopics. Yeah, Scorsese is like one of the kings of biopics, almost, and then. And I am bad at remembering other biopics though from the past. I mean, I got I, I got the list started. I was looking at before, which uh, we got Amadeus, we got Gandhi, Lawrence yeah, of Arabia, those are the ones Malcolm I think X. Of, yeah, Malcolm X. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say that Lawrence you know, of Arabia. Oh, controversial! Uh, I have never seen Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> I mean, it counts, I guess. Uh, we gotta go uh, see it at the Paramount whenever that's back. Yeah, whenever it's back, they show, they show it here. Yeah, every summer on seventy. And here I was like, you know, I'll I'll be able to watch it in twenty twenty. Uh, tears streaming onto my film reels here. <laughs> um, 
I'll say that, you know, for a while there, when I was in high school, I was like, bim, boom, bam, biopics. That's the best genre there is because uh, they win Oscars and uh, they're so emotional and these big stars are in them. And then I started listening to a little bit more film criticism and I was like, I should stop saying stuff like that out loud. Uh, <laughs> but I, I agree with Charlie that, you know, if a movie's good, it's good. Uh, I think the inherent um, flaw of the <clears throat> biopic is that human beings' lives do not necessarily conform to, like, rhetorical stories, um, even though we spend a lot of time kind of interpreting our lives as stories regardless. And because of that um, tradition, that's how we get this very uh, rote, paint-by-numbers biopics that we see quite a bit. So seeing something like Get On Up, where they've at least chosen to... Uh, at, at the minimum, right, the minimum praise you can give them is they shot it out of order. You know, they they uh, edited it out of order, right? It's a nonlinear story. Makes it more interesting. But I think there's more than that going on in this film, which is why uh, I, I'm also holding it in pretty high regard here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, um, the, the addition, of course, of Chadwick Boseman, like, holy shit, man. A lot of these biopics, you know, that they'll make you sing, they'll make you do stuff, but not many of them make you dance like James Brown. And he does like thirty <laughs> splits in this movie. He rips his pants, rips his pants at one point. Man, and like doing the James Brown voice the whole time. I mean, I don't know. Uh, on one hand, you know, it's it's hard for me because there's a lot. I don't think that the way I think that. Part of the way that I feel about biopics is wrapped up in the way that they're perceived in Oscars and awards where people are like, I can't believe it. This person completely humiliated themselves and then transformed themselves into Winston Churchill. And for that, they're the best actor where it's like, I mean, uh, was it the acting or was it the makeup or was it? Well, look at The Revenant with DiCaprio. Yeah, exactly. Is this this about... uh, you know, who can be the most realistic in their depiction of someone on the screen? Or is this about who's doing the best acting and the best storytelling? But in this instance, I think, fortunately, we're hitting all of the uh, targets there. True, true. True. I mean, I, th- I liked it. I mean, I did, unfortunately, only watch it briefly. I didn't get to really, like, watch fucking movie, like, in full, but... It definitely was James Brown. Uh, yeah, uh, James Brown energy. It definitely made James me Brown. think about James Brown in a different way, um, like as a person. Because like, I, I I'm I like James Brown. I've I know of his music kind of because everyone does because he's like mm-hmm. you know the he's Godfather James of Brown. Soul. His music's yeah. you know kind of riddled everywhere throughout life and. Um, mm-hmm. So, and you kind of, if you know a little about him, you know, he like, people think he like kind of went crazy. I mean, like he was, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug and, uh, (laughs) and, um, you know, he kind of, the, the story on him is he kind of like fried his brain, uh, and, you know, doing all his drugs and kind of went crazy, but it did make me think like, like, wow, uh, yeah, he did kind of go crazy, but like, in order for a a black man who grew up in like the 1930s, 1940s, when most white people 
viewed black people as like subhuman and like like living in object poverty like to think you would become like the greatest you know one of one of the all-time greatest you know singers ever um mm-hmm. you do have to like kind of be insane you know in a in a way like and in order to achieve that you you do have to like separate yourself from reality in you know to a certain degree and but he does and then he does all these things and it's and it's great like to see him to see this guy become uh go from like like abject poverty to like giving people money like taking people's money and like you know like how he like finds his band members and just like he has <laughs> he has become the boss essentially like like to to make that switch in your mind is just like it's it's so interesting to me like it was just interesting and he made a lot of mental switches like that you know as he was moving up and down the ladder yeah yeah throughout the whole thing and um like i like i i was thinking about elvis like elvis did kind of go crazy like the end of his life mm-hmm. and um but the narr- like the narrative of elvis is like oh he's the king of rock and roll of course and like that's the first thing you think of. And then you never like the whole, um, like in part where Elvis kind of goes crazy, does a ton of drugs, goes crazy. And, uh, like thinks he's like in the FBI and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> uh like, all Oh that, man, that's, people, that's a great, I'm sorry. That's a great chapter of Elvis's life. People don't like, that's not the thought of. And, uh, like brought up when talked about Elvis, but when you talk about James Brown, you know, everyone like the un the unsaid things are like, oh yeah, he kind of went crazy, right? Like, yeah, that dude was crazy. I think. So, but let me guys um, video. let me uh, let me give you guys some context, which actually really surprised me. That the I really think the beginning of this movie, the opening scene, is really effective, right? So this is where James Brown. Uh, he goes into one of his offices that's in a little strip mall, and you're like, oh, shit, how did this guy get here? And uh, they immediately play uh, Get On Up, which I think is a really funny fucking choice, where they're like, yeah, this is the name of the movie, and we're going to play it first, and this is how we're going to do it, right? Yep. Uh, and he's playing it on his truck, and then he's playing it in the um, in his... The- the lady's office, list, right? Listening to it on her. He's listening yeah, it, on her to it there, or whatever. Yeah. And then he has his episode, and he discharges the firearm, and then he starts kind of doing signature James Brown uh, catchphrases, and the music plays up, starts up again, uh, and it really weaves this kind of fabric of oh, this guy has totally lost his mind. But what? Uh, James Brown's family says is that in Georgia he was really persecuted by the police, especially as his star declined. And what had actually happened that day is that no one had told him that uh, someone was using the office, right? And so he goes and he sees that his office is, uh, the door is wide open and he's like, holy shit, I'm getting robbed because he was a dude who grew up in a really tough situation. And like, why wouldn't that be the first thing you think if your office door is wide open? So he grabbed a shotgun 
from the back of his truck and he goes in and he sees that it's the insurance meeting happening and he puts the gun down, but he yells at the lady for using his restroom uh, and he leaves. And then the cops go after him and shoot after him, uh, you know, to persecute him basically. Right. Cause someone called it in there like, all right, we get to now shoot at James Brown. This is awesome. So, you know, it's possible that the truth is more in between those two stories, but, uh, he never fired the shotgun is a big thing, but the director added that in because it's a really fucking funny thing to do. You know, I want to fire a shotgun in every movie that I see. Yeah. But um, I, I, you know, it made me think having that context, you know, is this really, you know, did this person really go crazy or uh, is this kind of the mythology that other people have created for them to explain these extraordinary circumstances they've been through? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, um, that's, that's the opening scene of the film. And then essentially like that scene makes you go like, Oh, how did that, how did he get, how did James Brown get here? And then the whole movie is answering that question essentially. Um, like good old in media res. Yep. Yep. And then, holy shit, some of the things that happened to him in his childhood, like, I wanted to watch this movie with Didi, and then I was like, oh, man, no, there's no way that I can show this to Didi. Like, yeah, holy fuck. Like, oh, man. Like, yeah, you grow up, and you live in a shack in the woods, and, like, your parents are, like, yelling at each other, fighting with each other, like, almost killing each other at points, and... uh and then, like your mom, like goes out to sell sell her body, like uh, to soldiers coming home or whatever. And you see, you see, you you've like you've also entered this world of like brothels and yeah, uh, uh, like cas- underground casinos and what whatnot. And then you see your mother selling her like doing her thing, and she's just like, "Oh nope, you're not my son," like that's insane like i i have no context for any like nothing like that has like ever happened to us so, like oh, of course of course it's, yeah it just, just doesn't happen anymore um well, and, and i'll throw in i thought it was just like fascinating that he has all of these hurdles and he's thrown in prison for eight years for stealing a suit uh and then the doo-wop band guy who just visits him the gospel uh it's like yeah. Uh, do, do we know what that guy's name is? I'm so sorry. The whole time I was trying to figure out what his name was, and I was like, "Geez, um, I'm going to figure it out in a second here." But uh, you know, he meets the dude in the band, and the band guy bails him out of prison, and he goes and uh, you know visits his house, and his whole family is there, and the grandfather's like, "I'm worried that this man you just bailed out from prison is up to no good," and uh, the guy from the band is like, "Hey." It's totally fine. And then less than five minutes later, this guy he's bailed out from prison, James Brown, is uh, fucking his sister. So, I mean, you know, this guy, there's something you have to be kind of a crazy person to some extent, uh, maybe not in the way he was later in life to be like, all right, I'm out. I'm in a new situation. It's time for me to start taking advantage of this. And yeah, yeah, like instantly. Bobby Bird, that's his name. Bobby Bird. Bobby Mr. Bird. Bird. The guy yeah. that kind of looks like jimmy fallon like a black jimmy fallon to me um, that is a strange opinion <laughs> he just it's kind of 
I kind of see it. You can, you can kind of see it, right? All right. Just that actor. I don't. It's just like, is that no? Because there was something in my head that was like, I've seen that guy before, and I was like, he just kind of looks like Jimmy Fallon. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, I do like this changing. that guy uh, Nelson Ellis. He's been in a couple of other things. He he uh, he died in 2017, sadly. So both both leads of this film have uh, passed away now. That's yeah, dude, really crazy, fucking sad. Um, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then who else am I looking at on here? I did like Dan Aykroyd's role as the uh, producer who slowly kind of falls under uh, James Brown's spell. And I mean, James Brown had a talent to navigate this business and then create more businesses, even if he didn't like paying the IRS, you know, he's such a complex, great character that I'm glad they were able to make a uh, movie out of him because it's good fodder for a movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm glad the, the movie did him justice in that way like it wasn't like clean his story wasn't like cleaned up it was just like like james brown is such an interesting character that like he demands like a very interesting like unconventional movie you know what i mean and a lot of the movie is these amazing performances by chadwick boseman uh throughout the years all these different ages all these great costumes these great looks these great locations and great choreography. I don't know if Chadwick Boseman was the one who was singing, but um, you know, even if he wasn't, it's still pretty damn amazing. And it it all flows pretty quickly. Anytime that he's on stage, you're like, oh god, thank God, you know, nothing that bad can happen while this is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Oh my god. Um, what else are we thinking about here? I, I thought that is I don't know. Am I dumb? I just thought that like the old age makeup worked so well on Chadwick Boseman. Like they gave him the same nose, and Chadwick Boseman and James Brown do not have the same nose uh, at all. But I was like, damn, no, that's the nose. That's the James Brown nose. That's that Coke nose, or whatever. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The shout out to the yeah makeup and department. I mean that's that's key to a good bio biopic is just like, do they look like the dude or the lady? And like, does, does the setting feel like it, you know, was from 1970, whatever, or whatever time period. And they, they nailed it, you know? Um, Apparently it looks like Chadwick Mosman did all his own dancing and singing, which is pretty amazing. Wow. (laughs) Oh my God. That is insane. Like, that man lost such a talent like for real like i i i i wasn't you know i've notoriously don't like um all of the marvel movies so i was i did not give into the the hype of black panther um but like um now i do want to see it now like I just want to watch everything Chadwick Boseman's done now. Have you watched? Uh, I was about to say have you watched Creed, but Chadwick Boseman isn't in that That's fucking movie. Creed. I do love Creed though. Because I was gonna say, if you like the director of Creed, he of course did. Um, he of course did Black Panther. Yeah, I know. I yeah. Um, what, I forget his name. 
but he did Fruitvale Station and all that. Brian Coogler. And Coogler. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Coogler isn't the next Steven Spielberg. I think that Ryan Coogler is going to be bigger than Steven Spielberg because he has such great like commercial instincts. I'm like so excited to see whatever he does. I would recommend watching Black Panther even if you don't like Marvel movies because you'll see like there are glimpses of the things that he had to do and then the other stuff he didn't have to do. You're like, how the fuck did he put this into a Marvel movie? Okay. Yeah. I do I do need to see it. Uh, I'm a I'm a shitty person for not seeing it. But um Well, maybe you can steal it now so Disney doesn't get any money, but um <laughs> maybe we want to pay the re- uh, residuals to everyone else, I don't know. I'll I'll set up a Patreon to pay all the other actors, but not Disney. Um somehow. I'll 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 do that. I'll set that up somehow. There yeah, we go. my bad. I've been distracted. Sorry. Something's He's oh, watching the old, movie. No, my old roommate has a. Uh, we're it's a bunch. It's a bunch of bullshit with our internet. We've been trying to figure out. I see. I see. He well, unfortunately like, texted me all this information about it just at this moment. Ah, I see. My I bad. See. My bad. My B. Okay. My B. Any but thoughts, it's been good. Thoughts I on like James Brown about James. Thoughts on James Brown and or get on good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, from what I from what I watched about the movie, I mean, I, the movie was all right. I mean, Chadwick Boseman's awesome. I really want to watch the new Twenty One Bridges. I don't know if it's new, but is that his last movie? I don't know, but I really want to watch Twenty One Bridges with him. The Five Bloods is his last movie. Oh, was that his last movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there is one. In, there is a movie that's in post production. I think. Oh really? Yeah, it's gonna be released posthumously. I think it must have been like delayed because of covid and such and probably delayed because of his death as well um, but as of right now the five bloods is the last movie that like is that you can see that i don't know why i thought this i think it's because ryan reynolds made a movie called seven underground but i thought that they were the same movie which is embarrassing for me <laughs> oh he directed luther that's pretty cool He's kind of like a journeyman guy. Um, anyways, yeah, no, uh, Chadwick, we stand, we stand the king here. We stand, Chadwick. Here's my question. I mean, I guess you didn't get to see too, too much here, but there's enough jumping around. You might have gotten some gauge for it. Like, what was your favorite James Brown era? I have no idea. Because he had I'm not it's that big crazy how like many. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I obviously, I like you know his his famous songs and stuff, but I've never you know gone out of my way to listen to some james brown but in the movie they depict all of his different eras um you know they kind of that's the only time that they oh, do you're the, talking about uh, in the movie yeah, yeah yeah they do like the godfather of soul or the hardest working <laughs> man in hollywood and stuff like that yeah i like i like the godfather of soul Fuck when he's the old soul. guy yeah old james watch the video i sent oh my god watch old james brown is kind chat. of intense <laughs> i like it's, the uh... it's it's a classic I like the if I remember he did like I don't remember but he did a song that's like Christmas in the Ghetto. I kind of like Ooh, I, that's I really a great like, song. Really like that song. Yeah, and he's uh, if that if that is an era of him just like kind of like spoken word James Brown. I kind of like that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. I mean, all of his music is good. Uh, I'm I'm actually a pretty good, uh, not a pretty good, a pretty uh, big James Brown fan. He was on my wedding playlist because he's kind of inevitable, in my opinion. 
But uh, man, they got to the part where they're performing in Paris and he's got like a yellow leather like jumpsuit on and his hair is like a crazy afro. I was like, oh my God, oh, this no. is like the sexiest man I've ever lived. Yeah, that like leotard. Which, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I was like, I want to buy that and wear that when I'm working from home. <laughs> Get a wig. It's like you put it on, you're like, oh no, this is bad. <laughs> Get like a wig and wear it on Zoom calls. Uh, oh my God. The crazy things that he had to do to his hair his entire life really just kind of made me sad you can see it by the end where like they depicted that but yeah that shit just like destroys your hair that would be interesting uh i feel like that would make an interesting poster just like all the different hairstyles of james brown like superimposed <laughs> on each other like, and it's a good idea it Eric, still happens that. you know yeah, like That's rihanna funny. had uh 200 haircuts across three years you know how is it you know, at some point your really? hair is going to fucking fall out. Yeah, that's, that's just a part yeah, of the starving. That's like yeah. every like week you have a new haircut, essentially. Yeah, exactly. But it's like every like guess, less than that. It's like every like five days or something. That's crazy. I I'm, know. I I saw I'm, that one time. I was like, man. I'm so like, uh, like, I I feel like I'm weird about my hair because like I don't like I don't like putting stuff in it. Like I don't like putting gel in it. And so I'm, I have this weird pride about like, yeah, my hair has never been, you know, I've never colored my hair. Never been touched. Never been touched. (laughs) I hope you wash your hair. Uh, I'll say that. No, not even shampoo. Not even once. Uh, (laughs) I don't even bathe. (laughs) It's like, uh, you ever heard of that thing where like, uh, you just clean yourself in water and then like your oils just like regulate themselves. You ever heard about that? Yeah, you like uh I've heard of, I've heard of this. I don't know how true it is, but like the no you, poo is what it's you, called, you, I think, right? Yeah, you don't use shampoo or soap. You just go into a shower and just wash yourself. I've heard that uh I read I don't know yeah. again, not too smart, uh but I imagine know, it's actually not but very smart, but I um, read that dermatologists suggest that the they suggest that the the shower the longest shower you should take should be the maximum of one minute because of how bad warm water is for your skin huh. uh, the solution there is to take uh, the best <laughs> kind of shower which is a cold shower yeah they also suggest yeah yeah cold showers and very quick cold showers are the best showers for your skin Jeez, what a bunch of nerds <laughs> no, um i for sure like uh getting into shower talk my favorite thing is um I don't think you have to wash your hair every day, but uh, having like a nice bar soap and a nice uh, bar shampoo is a game changer. Bar, bar shampoo? of shampoo. We yeah, man. I so I, I use the soap called uh, Sterling Soap. And they have it's crazy. They have like 100 different uh, things and it's all kind of made in Arkansas. And it's really, really cheap. And um, I so I get like a different flavor every month scent is the better word for that i'm not eating soap uh and it's it's amazing like you can get they do like shaving soap and stuff like that i think that's how they started but because they're so into like the lather every time i take a shower you get like an amazing lather and my hair feels amazing every time and you can like get uh you know you can get any scent under the sun and they have it basically welcome to shower thoughts the podcast within a podcast <laughs> then have a shower beer it's all good shower beer a shower shower orange. beers are definitely heard of a shower orange whoa you heard of this something. no um yeah it's a thing where people eat an orange in the shower 
What? It's, it's supposed to change your life because you can oh. eat you can eat the orange as messy oh. as you want. Because yeah, you can do that sitting down. These too. people are savages, dude. But <laughs> I, I'm telling, like, shower orange is the thing. I have not tried it. Um, but the I, orange juice must know. run down my naked body. Yeah, it and is then, the but only then it just way. Washes off, and then I think there. I think at least there was. I think a subreddit that was like sh- shower oranges, and it was just photos of um, people just leave the rind. Like just in the drain, or like just <laughs> on the shower floor, and people take pictures Ew. of that, and what? be like, "Yo, just had the shower orange, bro. Very cool." <laughs> I've definitely uh, seen that subreddit, and uh, how come no, it was upsetting. How come this didn't? How come? Uh, what's his name? Harmony Kern's movie didn't spawn a whole generation of people doing oh, bacon showers or spaghetti, yeah, spaghetti and bacon bats. in the shower. Yeah, oh my god, spaghetti bath. Oh my god. Maybe uh, yeah, maybe one day I'll force the, everybody like, to watch Gummo. I will quit this podcast. I refuse. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I wanted to say, Gummo. just to uh, maybe draw to a close here, has anyone seen the uh, biopic that should have ended all biopics, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story? <laughs> no, I never yes. actually saw that. I, 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 I couldn't. I, 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 no. I, should, I, I should have, though, because I really like Walk the Line. Uh, the I guess sort of the movie that the parody that that's based on I guess yeah right it it yeah. makes fun of everything loosely dude. yeah it's like, to the point where like there's a scene where they talk to the Beatles at a at a retreat and stuff like that it might be worth just the price of admission to go on to YouTube and look up the you don't want none of that uh, <laughs> things that keep on having through the movies where uh, what the hell is his name um. Tim Meadows keeps on introducing Dewey to harder, harder drugs and, uh, you know, it starts with marijuana and it's like, no, Dewey, you don't want none of that. And he's like, what is it? He's like, it's the thing that you smoke. It's like, are there any side effects? No, absolutely none. He's like, I, I think I do want some of that. And it just gets more and more intense until the final drug is Viagra. And then he finally says no. So not even. One. I think that that's like required watching for any sort of a, uh, uh, for to understand the biopic genre because it should have ended all biopics, but it didn't. Need to, I need to just have like a Wolf, like 2000s Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, like marathon of just like all those comedies. Cause like they, uh, they would either make you feel much better in our time of pandemic or much worse. You know what movie sure. I've watched the most? Is, I mean, it's not a Will Ferrell and John C. Riley, but Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, the other guys. That's oh, a, that's a uh, good. Yeah. I've been watching that movie at least like once a month this year. I think people like uh, I, I I don't even know why I'm like obsessed with it. When those movies came out, like I feel like the whole the prevailing like criticism of them was like, oh, they're just like silly little comedies. But I feel like they're slowly growing. Like I mean, Step pe- Brothers. People are coming around on them. Yeah, Step Brothers is the best Step one. I've seen Brothers. I don't know how many times. Yeah, Step Brothers is a classic. A lot. So many. They're sort of uh, like the people's movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. I feel like critics really like All of those comedies. I think there were a lot of great comedies, starting with... Uh, oh, they, they 40 are. Year, starting with 40-Year-Old Virgin up until, like, I mean, I don't know, maybe 2010, yeah, 2012. Yeah, critics are fucking nerds. They need to... 
all those all those Bro. comedies that came out in that that span were just like great. Oh yeah, fucking awesome. Well, uh, but it's weird we though that the, the Judd Apatow uh, formula just doesn't work anymore. Well, Tropic Thunder came out in two thousand eight. Pineapple Express, Super Bad, uh, Bridesmaids, uh, fucking uh, all those movies came out in the same within like three years of each other. I wish I could go back and like slap myself and be like, "Yo, you need to you need to see these movies because in like a few years, comedy's gonna be canceled." And, uh, <laughs> You won't be able to see any comedy in a theater for a very long time. So. Do you want to see a comedy, a rom-com, or a small mid-budget drama? Because the window is closing. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't go to the movie theaters closing. anymore, dude. Yeah, you can't see anything. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, last year we should have been like, do you want to see any movie whatsoever? It's like, last yeah. movie I saw, Darker Than Amber at the New Beverly. How was that? It was pretty dope. It was on. I told him it was on sixteen millimeter, and it broke a few times. I told him he Quest, had to see that movie. And Questlove was there. Right. Uh, oh, was he like Questlove? doing the sound? Questlove was there. We was just watching That's it. Great. He was just there to see the movie. Because that movie is like super rare, and uh, like that. Yeah, that it's apparent. Yeah, it's apparently very rare, and it's only on film. The uh, yeah, I think it's on YouTube. At least a cut of it is on YouTube. I well, don't know if it's the, like the the cut. the approved cut apparently from the director is only on film the tv cut is what's on youtube okay i thought so but the yeah. movie the movie is like i guess like beach bum uh, it's dope it's a bunch of james fighting brown and, or not james yeah, brown a, james bond it's a, it's a bunch of fighting and then it's kind of famous for one of the scenes uh the actors accidentally break the choreography and actually begin to kick each other's asses one of the, one of the guy one of the guys accidentally hits the guy and they already apparently didn't really like each other so he's kind of like what the fuck so he hits him back and then the other guy you know is like what the fuck and then they start like fighting for real yeah that's what <laughs> the final fight scene is like, and it, it's a lot of fighting i think and people it, it like lost dope. teeth yeah and like it was a pretty dope movie william, william his hair is so fucking blonde dude yeah Send me that link. I want to look into it, but if it's a snuff film, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it's not a snuff film. <laughs> I need to um, watch it. Uh, I saw it. I saw it at AFS a long time ago. But yeah, dude, my, I, I was standing in line on the sidewalk with like four dudes waiting. It was like nine thirty showtime. We had to wait for the other movie to end, and then there's just this figure crossing Beverly Boulevard. It's like a giant fit. You just crossing real slow. He like gets into view. And you're like, oh shit, dude, that's Questlove. That would be so dope to be like in a five person showing with uh, Questlove. Well, there were a lot more people there. A lot of people stayed from the first movie, you know? Ah, yeah. Preloaders. All right. Yeah, um, we were just. I guess we'll nerds. get. Let's get some. Let's get some final thoughts on Get On Up. On let's James get on up to rating it. I'll give it a. Uh, I think it's a three star movie, but then Chadwick Boseman elevates it to a four star movie. Yeah. So it gets a four star for me. For me, four uh, stars. Uh, you know, it's a great movie. Um, it plays around with the biopic formula, which makes me happy. And um, it does, like, the goal of any biopic is to make you look at the subject in a totally new way. And it does that really well. So, Gary Hugo. Yeah. I, yeah. Did, I mean, I didn't. 
Again, give it a full watch. So I don't really feel like I should rate it. Wow. Can you rate the part that you already watched? Probably give it a three. All right. <laughs> Very, nice. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. All right. Um, so we already spun the wheel before, and it landed on Bottle Rocket. Or not Bottle Rocket, Wes Anderson. It landed Wes Anderson, and then we chose Bottle Rocket. Yeah. So, it landed on Bottle Rocket, and I said, I guess I want to do the Wes Anderson version and not uh, any of the other ones. <laughs> true, true. Great, to it. great joke. Um, but uh, yeah, thoughts on well, a Wes Anderson? Thoughts on Bottle Rocket before? It's it's whack to me that Wes Anderson and I went to the same college and like walked in the same places. That uh, it doesn't seem possible. He doesn't. You think that he went to college in uh, Prague or some shit? Isn't that where his museum is? Doesn't he have a museum? He lives in. Uh, Paris, I'm pretty sure. I mean, if you have that many corduroy tan suits, you sure as shit can't live in Texas. Yeah, it, 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 it does blow my mind that he's from you. Houston. But he is from River Oaks. He's not yeah. really from Houston, Houston. It's like, yeah. I mean, River Oaks is a very... It's very different. ...affluent area. And he went to private school. I mean, like my buddy uh, Morgan, his cousins went to... The, the rivalry is St. John's or I think it's St. John's. Did they, uh, did they meet Wes on the football field? Is that there's, how the story goes? There's two, there's two big <laughs> private schools in Rock River Oaks. I can't remember. One of them St. John's, I'm pretty sure. But it doesn't really matter. Well, since Alex and I grew up I do in, wish in, would, in Austin, yeah. we don't know anything about no private schools. Yeah, no, I do wish that Wes Anderson would have yeah. stayed in Texas and... You should do a western. I would love Not a stuff like that, western. I don't. I don't think he'll ever do that. You know the the problem is you can't have a set on a western. Like you can't. <laughs> you can't like you know at the scale that he'd want to do it. You know, Bottle Rocket's probably the closest thing he's done to a western. Thinking about it now. Hey, no spoilers. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm actually very excited. <laughs> All right, you guys. Great session of podcasting, Alex. Please make sure that this one was actually recorded. Great double feature. Um, yeah. let's try to get so behind next time <laughs> yeah let's not wait uh, like a month before recording next time alright you guys I mean, we don't have to record this but I think I don't know I don't know about you guys but I feel talking about Spirited Away a few days out maybe we should try to watch I mean maybe this is just me but I don't know I mean give each other like four days before we talk try to watch this movie early I don't know because I know Alex and I watched the movie late I don't know I always watch hey, the movie like hours before we podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I don't mean to, uh, you know, throw stones in glass houses here, but I think that that is a problem you could is solve by watching a movie four days earlier, isn't it? Problem? Is that a me problem? <laughs> I, I believe that we had uh, like two weeks to watch Spirited Away. Oh we wait, no, no, Alex, you, no, I'm just you saying, dumped like, that on us. No, I watched Spirited Away the day we recorded because that's just what I've been doing. Yeah. But I just noticed that I think. If I watch them three or four days before we talk about it, I think it'll be better for me. Yeah, we I always that. watch the movies on uh, Saturday mornings, which is kind of my weird thing. So tomorrow, tomorrow you're watching Bottle Rocket tomorrow morning. Hopefully. <laughs> so tomorrow morning, we'll see what at Eric's house. Uh, Come on over, Rocket. but actually don't be there. be there. Bring your coronavirus. Bring your Rona. 
Sleep your Rona at home. Miss Rona, I don't want to talk. All right, you guys, I got to get going. But right, I appreciate talking to you. Good, right, good talking. See, see ya. ya. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you come around next week as we leave 2020 and whoa, 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 reverse it. Turn it around. Turn this bus on around. Go back to the 1990s with Wes Anderson's first film, Bottle Rocket. Is it a first film masterpiece? Is it a flawed artistic statement? Is it just a bunch of friends having a wacky adventure? Uh, you got to stick. You got to come around next week. Find out. Find out our takes. You got to watch it too. If you have not seen it, it is. I I think it's required viewing personally, but uh, Bottle Rocket is coming up next week. It'll be it'll be great. You'll you'll be there. You'll be listening. You'll be folding laundry or whatever. And you'll be like, oh, these spicy boys got good takes about Bottle Rocket. Anyway, and you got to figure out what the Almighty Wheel spins. If you're not here for us, at least be here for the almighty wheel, you know? Um, we're just people. We're fallible. You know, we mess up. We say dumb shit sometimes. But the wheel, the wheel always spins. The wheel always lands. The wheel is never wrong. The wheel is never wrong. All hail the almighty wheel. And may the wheel spin for in your favor. All right? I, I hope you have a fantastic week, fantastic day, fantastic next few hours. All right? Be good. Be good, everybody. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Subscribe. Rate. Review. Sub- and all that. All that jazz. Tell your friends. But come back next week. Bottle Rocket. All right. Heading out. See ya. You do music? The only thing that keeps me sane in here. He's a showstopper. It's a miracle. Really? Maybe me and you could uh, work on a little harmony together. Clara, get down here. She coming, mama. She coming. Look at these people, James. When is it going to be when we up there? We'll be back in ten. Right now. What? One, two, three, four. You can't play that bike you told us. It doesn't work musically. It doesn't sound good. Yeah. Does it feel good? Yeah. If it sounds good and it feels good, then it's musical. You're entering a game here where the rules are already set out. I'm just a street kid from Augusta, Georgia. Now, tell me what you see. President, I want to go to Vietnam. We got to bring a super heavy bump to the cats over here. Are they shooting at us? They're trying to kill James Brown today. You want to go down and hit you as a man and kill the fuck? <laughs>